Now, in a bid to overthrow the ANC, six political parties, including the DA, the IFP, and Action SA, have united under a banner of civil society coalitions. With the Afrikaner-born's endorsement, this multi-party charter is resolute in its mission to ask the ANC in the upcoming 2024 elections. Bound by a pact that excludes collaboration with the ANC, EFA, for any rival formations, the coalition signals a shift as they aim to tackle pressing issues like crime, corruption, and economic growth. Joining us to unpack the potential impacts of this grouping in greater detail is journalist for Business Day, Tando Maeka. Tando, always a pleasure. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Lola Tando, and good afternoon to the viewers. Let's uh, recap on this multi-party charter. This is what initially started as the Moonshot Pact, right? Um, it's been renamed. What exactly are these political parties committing to? So these uh, around six political parties are committing to bind together to form a power-sharing deal in order to oust the ANC as the governing party in next year's national and provincial elections. They aim to get at least 50% plus one. I must ask you this, Tandor. Um are we at a point where we know exactly what the power-sharing deal would look like from a governance perspective? And here's why I ask. Um, we do know that the main aim here is to ask the ANC to get that 50 plus 1 uh, you know, uh, share of the vote. However, it does sound slightly more defensive and offensive, so we know what they're, not, what they're trying to stop, but we're not quite sure what they are going to do. So the multi-party charter hasn't devised any policies, uh, combined policies yet. The parties will be contesting individually uh, in next year's elections. And then following their elections, um, they will combine their respective um, results and see together how they, how they can oust the ANC. Uh, the multi-party charter had a conference in around August this year where the power-sharing pact was actually um, devised and established, and all the parties um, have uh, signed to that. We do know that the multi-party charter is always looking for more opposition parties to sign. So the original members that have signed now might look very different come next year's election. We could have more, we could have less. We've also seen uh, quite a few uh, civil society organizations backing this one. I think in the article you wrote, uh, you mentioned the likes of AUTA, the Institution of Race, Race Relations, the Brent uh, uh, Hearst Foundation, but also the Afrikaner Born. Just speak to us about who uh, you know the Afrikaner Born are and possibly their significance uh, in uh, the, the democracy or in post-democracy South Africa. So the Afrikaner Born was established in around the 1800s. Right. Uh, it was previously known as the Afrikaner Burabond. And um, if you read the article that we published, it clearly states that every during 90, between the years of national government rule between 1994, I mean, 1948 and 1994, the Afrikaner Burabond was really the underbelly um, of South Africa's political, social, religious and economic life. Every prominent member of South Africa was a part of the Afrikaner Burabond, and um, they ruled South Africa basically under apartheid rule. But post-apartheid, they've denounced, they've denounced um, the apartheid rule and really rebranded themselves as a pro-democracy civil society organization. 
However, as a civil society organization, one of their missions is to ensure that the Afrikaans language and Afrikaner interests, mainly white Afrikaner interests, um, are still looked after um, within democratic South Africa. So that's their main aim right now. It's a very interesting uh, one that we see developing there. Uh, one of the things that I'm also keen to find out then is, uh, you know, with uh, what we're seeing with uh, this uh, coalition uh, or this uh, multi-party ch charter that's been put together, the ANC and the EFF are really uh, on the other end, if I might uh, put it that way. Does that not create incentive for them to unite? <laughs> It, it, it wouldn't be so crazy. I mean, they've sort of united in at local government level, although no formal coalition agreements uh, between the two parties have been signed. They do have a partnership where they share governance of various metros, such as um, Eteguini, uh, Durban, uh, City of Joburg, City of Ekuruleni, and other municipalities. Uh, whether or not this multi-charter uh, party formation will put, push them closer to each other um, is yet to be seen next year. But we do know that within uh, ANC's uh, discussions in the top brass, there have been suggestions to terminate the EFF uh, relationship because the ANC feels that um, the EFF is really using the partnerships to garner more support um, for itself uh, at the expense of the ANC, which is really in need of ensuring that it, it retains its majority status as a governing party come next year's provincial and national elections. I must ask you, Tando, uh, you know, working in the political realm and writing for uh, the specific part of South Africa, uh, are you sensing, as much as I could be sensing, and really as a normal South African citizen, that political risk in South Africa is increasing a little bit? Uh, and that, uh, you know, next year's election really is as important uh, as 1994 may have been, if not even more. Uh, and that the different computations that could emerge from this election uh, are ones uh, that also pose quite a bit of risk uh, for the ordinary citizen. Yes, we do know and there are indications that next year's election will be largely an issue-based election. Voters will be voting based on issues. I mean, issues such as service delivery, issues such as uh, the lack of power, uh, electricity, also the just the economic downturn has really, really uh, impacted um, uh, ordinary citizens and ordinary voters. And then we do know that a large number of next year's voters are those who have no historical connection to or obligations or feel that they don't have obligations towards any liberation movements. This is solely based on their ages. I mean, it's 30 years after democracy. Next year's new voters, um, 18 and above, are largely born in 2005. They've been born into a free South Africa or so-called. So they have no real connection to liberation movements, but their parents are still voters, of course, um, and other people are still voters. So next year's election, we, we, there is a political risk. Come every election, there is political risk that rises. Well, Tano, thank you so much for painting uh, this picture for us. Looking forward to more conversations as we head into that election that was political journalist for Business Day, Tando Mayeko.